0: Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get
1: the super
2: sauce. I'll change into my super suit.
0: This is Uncharted. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted podcast. Got to start out another week with some unfortunate news. As you're all aware... Uh, marvel comics black panther chadwick boseman phenomenal human being first and foremost phenomenal actor um not only the black panther but jackie robinson he played james brown he played thurgood marshall just a brilliant human being lost his fight at 43 year old three years old to colon cancer uh, may god be with his family and friends and may he rest in peace that was heartbreaking truly hurt my feelings Didn't know my man was sick, and then it just popped up on a social media feed. Uh, Just a tragic death. Two weeks in a row, uh, two people that I uh, think a lot of have went uh, to the other side, and I have no doubt that both of them now have angel wings. That would be uh, Mr. Bozeman and my friend Justin Towns Earl. And with that being said, it's been a pretty wild week full of work. Full of happiness full of uh went to see a new movie uh, the new mutants Uh, not a big fan of it but i was glad to be in the theater again i didn't have social distancing as an issue as i got to sit next to my date Uh, so i enjoyed that i felt a little bit normal and uh but i should have went and saw bill and ted uh, i think uh, in my opinion but you know gave the lady the choice so it is what it is Uh, this week's podcast we have two amazing guests we have rylan steen he is a phenomenal drummer the man plays drums for america you know horse with no name uh, ventura highway you can do magic and of course one of my personal favorites from the cartoon when i was a kid The Last Unicorn. We talk about all of that and a lot more. Uh, Ryland's an awesome interview. He's got a great singing voice, too. New album uh, came out on the streaming. You can stream it wherever you stream things. That was a lot of the word, streaming. Uh, But check it out. Spotify is the first one that comes to mind for me. Last but not least on the Uncharted podcast, we have the boy wonder himself, Bert Ward, the man who played Robin in the 60s television smash hit Batman alongside Adam West. In honor of National Dog Day, uh, my favorite animal on earth, the canine, uh, Mr. Burt Ward has a dog food company called Gentle Giants. We discuss that. We discuss his history and some of the Robin uh, things from Batman, some of his experiences. Robin turned 80 this year, and we talk about the fact that he has 50 full Mastiff-sized Great Day dogs occupying his home. So we have Ryland Steed, Drummer Extraordinaire, and Mr. Boy Wonder Robin himself, Burt Ward, on the Uncharted podcast. I'm going to quit flapping my jaws about this and start flapping my jaws talking to them. That's all coming up next. Here we go. Enjoy. Thank you. On this week's podcast, we had Drummer Extraordinaire, Mr. Rylan Steen. Now, this is a young man of 40 years of age, recently had a birthday. He has toured with Real Big Fish, currently touring with a phenomenal group, classic rock group America. He even has his own solo album where he plays most of the instruments, drums, and has a great singing voice. Caught up with him, seeing what he's doing during the downtime. COVID 19, doing stuff in the studio, new album that you can stream wherever you stream things, Spotify, etc., cetera, so on and so forth, Apple Tunes, all that good stuff. Check them out on RylanSteam.com and enjoy them here on the interview on the Uncharted Podcast coming up right now. Okay, cool. Well, Rylan, first of all, let me say happy belated birthday. Um, I saw, you know, on your, on your social media. And of course, America threw one out there for you. What, uh, what'd you do to
2: celebrate in this, uh, this crazy, crazy time we're going through? Well, I got to spend some time with my, uh, with my special lady friend. She lived in Denver, Colorado. Um, right. I lived in, uh, I still live in Orange County, California, but I, I stayed there for a while and, um, and, uh, we, we got to have a, a lovely day. We went on a hike and. Eat some pizza and drank some whiskey, so it was a good day. What <laughs> a combo! Well, that's awesome, man. Well, well, happy birthday to you! I've got
0: one in thirty-five days myself.
2: Oh well, ha- well, happy early birthday to you!
0: Thanks. I'm I'm going to go to Detroit. I think I'm going to go see Hitsville. I'm going to go to Motown for the first
2: time. You know, in all my in all my years of traveling and going to, to the Detroit area and Detroit itself, I've never been able to uh, to go there yet, and I'm such a huge uh, fan just of, you know, the Motown sound, and um, so I, I, yeah, I hope you enjoy yourself. That's, that's yeah, I'm looking, that's gonna I'm looking forward to, to
0: it. It's, uh, I'm going to try to, yeah, I haven't been there as well, and I'm like, I, I need to go see it, you know, it's been been beckoning me, like you said, loving all the music that comes out of there, um, so it's going to be pretty exciting. Nice uh, 38th birthday celebration, I guess.
2: <laughs> but I'm sure, I hope it's a good one for you
0: thank you let's uh let's discuss i saw where you posted um your lp is is now available to stream and i listened to a little bit of it um really impressed with your vocal constraints so you you uh uh why is it just now becoming available to stream hasn't it been out for a while or was i mistaken you
2: you know you're you're absolutely right it's it's actually i i released the cd the the physical cd last year and i've just been selling it um at america shows um and i would just go hang out at the merch and sell them and and i and i think what happened was i had had intended on releasing it um uh earlier this year and then you know the world kind of changed a bit on us so i think i was just i guess i was just starting to focus on other things uh for the time being but i was you know definitely happy to get it out now um At least on all digital uh streaming platforms um you know and it's it's such an interesting thing because i under- you know even even in you know even in times of you know when people are really struggling um when people are going through really tough times um I, you know I do believe that like things like you know having things like music and Movies to watch or books to read um, is it, still a good thing, but I just felt kind of guilty about trying to promote a record during so much of what's been happening in the world, and I think that's another reason why I, I, it took a bit longer for me to get it out because I, I, I guess I wanted to try and do my best to be respectful of what's happening in the world um, mm-hmm. rather than, um, you know, just trying to promote music <laughs> that i was putting right. out but but eventually it does get to a point where i felt like well I, it's you know unfortunately you know it seems like one bad thing after another keeps happening so i you know it's it's you know i i it's it's time to put the record out you know and hope and hopefully my you know i think for me the ultimate goal would be is if people were to listen to re- to the record and maybe you know maybe if it could give them uh, a you know Uh, if they can enjoy the music and maybe forget about some of their troubles for just even just a a little bit, you know, then that's, that's the ultimate goal for me is to try and bring a little bit of happiness to the world through music. Yeah. Well put. Um, Well, um, did you
0: play everything on the the album? I I listened to uh, it all made sense and uh, you know, I heard uh, several things going on. So, I mean, the, the singing really impressed me uh you kind of remind me a little bit of a Christian uh
2: his name's Christian he sings for Amber Lynn Have you ever heard of them Yeah no I have heard of them yeah yeah I played I played most of the stuff you know actually before I was ever an instrumentalist or you know I'm, I'm mainly a drummer but um before I ever did any of that yeah I I would sing in the choir growing up um at school and um uh i did i didn't i wish i could say I played everything on the record but i did i did have a a bass player play on the record he's a phenomenal player um uh but i did I, you know and i had some other friends play play some of the more intricate guitar stuff but i mean it really is me playing about you know ninety percent of what you're hearing on the record but it's uh it's it's it it it's it's great having the studio to work out of because you know, you I have all this time I can take as much time as I need and not be too stressed about, you know, the next band that's coming in, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh the studio you're referring to is, is Pot of Gold. So this is your studio
2: you're talking about? Yeah, so I have this studio with two other partners. Um the main guy who started it, his name's David Irish and he actually does um he also tours with a ska band called the Interrupters. He's their he does their front house uh sound. But um, he was—he was really the one who—who who, uh, it was his dream to start the studio, and I was just lucky enough to sort of, you know, uh, ride along with him, you know, with on this on this journey of the studio, and um, and it's a—it's you know, and especially this year, it's been a—it's been a blessing to have this place, just you know, in order, you know, because we can't go out necessarily and play shows at this point, so it, it's it's been nice to be able to still create music and record it here at the studio.
0: Yeah, I, I looked at it on your website. It's a really
2: nice studio. Where uh, where is it located? Uh it's located in the city of Orange, uh in Orange County, California. Um yeah. and um it, you know it's a it's a pretty nondescript location. It's just in this business park, but we we basically leased um this big warehouse and there was no walls, you know, all there were uh there were just support beams and that was it. And we built the studio from the ground up, put all the, you know, the studs in for all the walls and everything like that. So we we put a lot of heart and soul into it, so we're happy to have it. Yeah, a true labor of love. Well, you know, glad it came to to fruition. And
0: you, uh, as well, are you doing, like, um, uh, recording sessions there, like, uh, safe distancing, I guess you call it? Are you doing drum lessons or anything like that, too?
2: Haven't been doing any drum lessons, but, yeah, I've been... um, so nowadays um well so when we do have bands in here we're lucky enough that we have like a vocal is, uh isolation booth we have we have four different rooms that we can um uh we can put musicians in um uh, but you know it's kind of funny because a, a, a good number of the bands that we work with they all they all kind of make this agreement not to you know to really make sure they're 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 smart about not going out and um and they're only going to hang out with each other so that they could feel good about making a record. But uh, a lot of times we'll have the band recording in the room while maybe I'll just be in the control room. And, but, you know, we definitely try and, you know, we're always sanitizing everything and wearing masks when we can in the studio. And it's a bit harder for the for vocalists to wear their masks. But <laughs>
0: <sure>. <laughs> yeah, unless they want to be muffled or auto-tuned or something. But yeah. No, I was just just kind of curious. You know, everybody's got a different approach to everything, and everything is so difficult now. Just to you know, just something as simple as getting together and jamming, and or let alone recording something. So it's just a just a crazy time. I was just curious more uh, what your
2: approach was. Um, well, yeah, and sometimes sometimes I'm able to have people. Um, yeah, you, you know, I have i I've had artists um, just send me songs with uh, that uh, maybe just have like kind of program drums or maybe they'll yeah. just send me songs of their demos and say hey I need drums to this song and they'll literally just send me an mp3 to play along to and then I send and then I can send and record them here by myself in the studio and then I send them back and you know just through just uh audio files and it's a, it's not the it's not it's it's not the prefer, preferable way to to make music but it certainly gets the job done
0: yeah, they're definitely better
2: better than not doing anything at all.
0: Um, well, let me let me tell you how I found out about you. I'm i uh, I'm an America fanatic, have been for a long time, and um, just one day had a hankering to to hear uh, you can do magic, <laughs> and saw a live recording. Because like you said, you know, you get to miss some music and, and a fill of normalcy. Watched a live video, and there you were, just tearing the drums up, man. And I was just I was really impressed with your style, your your approach to the way you hit cymbals. It's almost like you're squatting a tennis, like with a tennis racket. Like, how did, how did, how did you develop that style? I've never seen, uh, you know, cymbal play
2: quite like that. I was just kind of curious. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, it's just, it's well, it's definitely a lot, a lot of hours, a you know, a lot of years, a lot of hours of practice, and, and, um, you know, I think again, um, well, it was, you know, it's, it was watching, you know. You know, YouTube wasn't really a thing when I was a kid, when I first started learning, but definitely as YouTube became, you know, what it is today, and you could pretty much find anything on YouTube, like, well, yeah, no, I think it was just, so I used to buy a a lot of these old instructional, drum instructional videos, like, on VHS, and it was just a lot of watching just how other drummers, you know, how they would play, but also, uh, really when it came about, like, so I started I've been lucky enough to be able to uh, play on records and play in studios um, ever since I was uh, 18 years old. So, um, or even before that, when I was 15, because my, my dad's a musician and he had some recording equipment. So it was, it was amazing being able to play something and then listen back and kind of go through that process of, well, that's not what it sounded like in my head or, you know, or while I was playing. So, it was a lot of kind of process of elimination and 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 hearing um, you know hearing what works and what didn't work and you know getting immediate feedback you know especially when you're listening to a take back um, and you can hear uh, what's working and what's not working but but also you know watching a lot of like concert videos and just seeing what some of my favorite drummers are doing because you know at the end of the day at least when it comes to playing a concert we're there to entertain people. So we definitely want to, definitely want to give them, give them a good show. So I think some of the theatrics probably came from just watching some of my favorite drummers growing up, um, which, which were like Dave Grohl or John Bonham. And, and as time went on, um, uh, you know, you know, drummers like Steve Jordan or Stuart Copeland or, you know, but even like Josh freeze was a big one. So it
0: was
2: just sort of, I think it was a lot of like, Finding you know mimicking traits of my favorite drummers, but then you know once you once you once you once you start to mimic a a lot enough of a you know little tidbits from all sorts of drummers, then you kind of make you know then you make up your own you know you make up your own stew. I
0: agree. Like uh, yours is you know I said being a somewhat of a novice drummer, I used to be pretty decent back in the day. Don't hardly ever play anymore, but. That's what I look at right off the bat, and, and, and you, you just had a style that I really loved because I went from, you know, just listening to the guys do their stand and deliver to, like, you're right there behind them. I was like, oh, man, he's he's killing it back there, so I just really enjoyed the way you uh, perform. so, uh, you know, kudos for that.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And, um, you know, America – you know, like, uh, they've been, you know, a staple for so long. And, and I don't know if you remember this. We're pretty close to the same age. But, you know, obviously the movie The Last Unicorn, every time I hear that, it makes me emotional. I don't think I can sit on <laughs> a kid and not start crying when that's played. Like, did you experience The Last Unicorn before you, uh, you know, started playing with the guy?
2: You know, unfortunately I hadn't. But it was so um... – having you know the though just the wonderful opportunity and privilege just to, to talk with a lot of american fans um i had you know i had met enough who would ask me like you guys gonna play the last unicorn tonight and you know so it's like <laughs> and i hadn't seen it so i was like all right i have to see this movie and yeah it's, it's quite a it's quite a film yes yeah, it's, it's a good yeah. one It uh
0: you know it was a it was a right when i was a young kid it had already been out a few years but uh you know, I remember watching it, and then you know, never putting two and two together that you know the guys that did Horse with No Name were connected to it. And then I see them play it like on a live uh, DVD or something. I was like, oh man, I just get all emotional. I'm like, dude, I'm a grown up. I'm gonna have to cut this out. <laughs> uh, how did you get hooked up with America? I mean, that's like a that's like a really you know that's that's quite a band. I mean, what, what's the
2: story behind that? Yeah, so my um, I've so Jerry Feckley – uh one of the three original members, um, who's still with us, you know, to this day, um, his son, Matthew and I, we, we met, geez, at this point, 20 years ago. And we just, we were friends and, um, we played in bands together and, um, every once in a while, cause Jerry would put, he puts out his, his own solo record. So, um, I, you know, I, I got, I had the good fortune of being able to play on a couple drums on a couple songs of the solo stuff and so um he so he knew i could play in that style um and their 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 previous drummer well i mean he's technically not their original drummer but their drummer of 44 years willie lee cox he was just getting to a point where he he was going to be retiring you know in a few years and um you know like i said you know he'd been with them coming up on 44 years and wow. um, when when he announced that he wanted to retire, that's that's when I got the call. So I, I sort of had an unofficial fifteen year audition process because, uh, um, yeah. So, but it was it was great. Just so you know, um, you know, it, it definitely was sort of like you know right place, right time. But you know, also it was just um, I was just I'd just sort of been around so long. So it almost even though I've only been in the band since two thousand fourteen, it feels like I've sort of been around the band a whole lot longer yeah no it's it, yeah
0: it's it's awesome i mean that's that's a great story but uh, uh you know it's just like if you could pick a cool band to be in that's definitely one and then i saw of course uh you're affiliated
2: with real big fish as well yeah i played with them from 2005 to 2014 i was it was just about 10 years and um just you know toured the world with them and played on a lot of recordings and then but and and so then the then the america opportunity came up and and you know i really loved playing with the real big fish guys and i um and i knew i was going to miss them but i just i also knew that i didn't want to miss out on the opportunity of playing with america so yeah. they were they were you know they were disappointed that i was that i was leaving but they were also very happy for me at the same time sure yeah it's, it's cool but you know
0: you couldn't get two bands that
2: are total polar opposites of the spectrum. <laughs> and there, and there was definitely, there was definitely a bit of a, a, you know, a learning curve that had to happen. I, I, I originally uh, learned how to play drums playing along to just these mixed tapes that my dad would make for me. And, you know, there'd be a lot of Beatles and Rolling Stones and, and bands like America. So I, I sort of, that that's sort of the style of music I, I originally learned how to play in. But um, but yeah, when you kind of play as like a punk rock ska, you know, drummer for, uh, for about 10 years where it's basically play as loud and as fast as you can, um, there, you know, there was definitely, I had to readjust to uh, learning how to play a bit quieter, a little slower, you know, a little groovier again. But um, uh, I, I'm very thankful that Jerry and Dewey, uh were, you know they were very patient with me in that in that process but you know for them too they were, they were excited about the, the idea of having a younger player a younger drummer come in um, so that so so we sort of met in the middle where i was a little more rambunctious than what they were used to but they were i think they were excited about that yeah had some fresh blood up in there uh,
0: and that, that never hurts <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, and, and, you know, it was and it was fun kind of getting the response of fans that had, had had been coming to the shows for many years, where maybe we were playing a lot of the same songs, but they just, but they sounded almost so different to them. So it was like, oh, cool, we get to, it's almost like we get to experience these songs all over again, you know, fresh and new. Uh, yeah, man, that's
0: awesome. Yeah, I like it. And uh, and plus, it seems like, you know, looking at some of your pictures of these people that made you, you seem like a popular guy when it's time to do meet and greets as
2: well well i, I really enjoy meeting people and, and getting to talk with the people that come to the shows because you know i i without without them you know we're nothing yeah, <laughs> So yeah. i sure. every day every day i just i'm I, i'm so grateful that i get to be a part of of just playing music and um and can actually you know keep the bills paid just from from doing that you know that's i I, every day i'm so thankful for
0: that yeah that's awesome to hear man it's it's cool to you know talk to somebody that's cool like you to me i think you're awesome and to be so humble about it that just makes it great because i mean you know if you if you never lose sight of uh, like that you know the the end game that you know you get to do what you love that's just what makes it all worth it so that's cool i'm glad you said that man That's awesome
2: 100 yeah it's uh it it was it was ever since I was a little kid it was a it was a dream to just be able to keep playing you know, and that was the thing. It was never it was never necessarily like, Oh, I wanna be a rich rock star. It was real honestly it was just I love playing music. I hope I can just keep playing music, you know, and you know, not and maybe you know, I don't have to and I'm not knocking anyone who goes to work in an office or in a restaurant or maybe they're a mechanic or maybe they paint houses. I you know I, you know, I, those are very all, they're all noble professions, but I was just like, oh, I hope I could just play music. <laughs> so, oh, no, I know. I'm, I'm
0: with you. Like, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, you just,
2: you, you definitely,
0: uh, appreciate your opportunity to just not, not taking it for granted. Cause like I said, yeah, that, that would be the dream, you know, like, like me, I've got, I've got two, uh uh blue collar gigs if you will, and then uh, my uh, passion now is, is is interviewing people that you know especially you know people who play music that interest me on this little podcast but it's always good when you talk to somebody and and they really enjoy it so it just uh it makes me just uh you know appreciate that much more <laughs>
2: it's yeah well it's 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 a, it's a it's it's a, it's a fun life it's a it's it's been a fun life to uh you know to be a part of sure, no doubt. music. What and I
0: noticed too, uh, you, you kinda use a little compact kit. You don't you don't uh have too much luggage around you. Is a four piece and just a couple of cymbals, or, or what's your setup like now?
2: Yeah, so pr- uh pretty much it um I think a lot of it just comes from so kind of the the, the guy who really inspired me to want to play drums was seeing Dave Grohl play with Nirvana. Yeah. that was and he and he had just you know, the small kit set up. He had his bass drum, he had his rack tom, his floor tom, and snare drum. Two crash cymbals, a ride cymbal, and hi-hats, and that was that's pretty much been my setup for the longest time. With America, though, just for some of the songs, for those congas, I have a, 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 two congas off to my left, and then um, I have a couple of cowbells set up to my right. right. Um, but yeah, it's... um. I've, um, it's not that I don't love listening to players like Neil Parrott or Terry Bozio, you know, they're just, you know, drummers who have the real big drum drum setup. I, I love those. Um, but just something just always resonated with me with, you know, just the big old meat and potatoes drum fills or just even, you know, just those drummers that would, um, that were just more groove-oriented players. I think it was two things. Like one, those players just ever ever since I first started playing drums always resonated me with me more so than, you know, maybe the, you know, but you know, but I still love listening to guys like Frank Zappa and traditionally his drummers always had big setups. But um, it I I don't I, I still don't know to this day if it was laziness on my part that I didn't <laughs> want to learn how to do all that stuff because yeah. i cause i would spend you know there was you know depending on the day depending on how much energy i had but i mean i'm you know i would spend you know anywhere from 5 to 8 hours a day practicing and that's not to say everyone needs to practice that much but i just love playing drums um but you know there was you know there's just something about listening to a beatles record or a rolling stones record or even like al green um or like the motown stuff where it's just you know, you learn those. You know, you learn those kind of basic fills. They're 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 basic, but they're so effective, and um, and that that's what always that's what always turned my ear. Was like, oh, this this feels really good. Like, and you know, at the end of the day, us us drummers, we're just you know, we're we're there to try and make people dance. Yeah. So um, that's no. always a uh, that's always been a big one for me.
0: Yeah, I was just curious to to uh, how you felt about it because I agree with you. And, and, you know, like you were talking about Peart and Bozio and everything, and I'm not discrediting these guys with my next statement. But uh, to me, like a John Bonham or, or somebody like that versus those guys, there's like a, a really technical drummer, and then there's like your, you know, your foundation rhythm and dro- uh, rhythm and groove kind of African tribal, like, drummer. And it's like one of those guys can, like, fit in with any band and kind of do his thing. The other guy is blessed with the technicality of it, but could he really sit down and just dissect it and just do a groove if a band just wanted to start jamming? You know, that's that's how I look at it. I know that kind of went off the page, but that's just what I was thinking about while you are talking.
2: Oh, no, and I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of those things was, you know, uh, I, I think early on my dad, he when he was sort of helped guiding me along the way, um, you know, when his, his whole take on it, you know, was kind of like, well, if you want to try and be a, because I love, I love the idea of playing in band, but I also love the idea of being able to to be versatile enough to play with many different artists. So my dad would always just encourage me to, he goes, you know, just learn how to groove and <laughs> make sure you yes. get that groove. <laughs> That's it.
0: That's it. Yeah. You'll be working forever. You're a living example of that. But uh um, man it's been a thrill chatting with you uh, I, I've become a fan and I'd like to, if you guys ever come to back to Nashville or this area again I'd love to come shake your hand I most definitely will but let's tell them again so streaming tomorrow everywhere uh, on the
2: 4th we get to hear that album it'll be on like your uh, Spotify's and all that good stuff it'll be it'll be on all streaming platforms yeah all you have to do is just look up Ryland Dean and uh, and that should pop up
0: Holy National Dog Day, Batman. In honor of my favorite four legged animal, we had the privilege of speaking to the boy wonder himself, Mr. Burt Ward, a.k.a. Robin, from the popular television series Batman, on deck to talk about all the wonderful things he does with his dog food charity, Gentle Giants, and what he does to rescue and save and maintain animals. It was a thrill to get to speak with this living legend. That's up next on the Uncharted podcast. Boom, boom, boom. Batman! Uh, Sorry, had to do it. Well, first of all, Mr. Burt Ward, let me just say it's an honor to speak with you. Um, um, uh, Batman and Robin got a revamp. I'll be 38 in October, but around the 90s, and uh, my wave got to enjoy it all over again, and and I've I've held it near and dear to my heart forever, and then um, I just really appreciate everything you've done and then everything you're doing currently with the, the, the uh, caretaking of uh, of dogs. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you, citizen.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and the reason I was, I wanted to talk to you, like I said, I have a little pup, and National Dog Day was coming up. And he, he is a Shih Tzu, uh, I think, Terrier mix, and he loves your dog food. I, he gets, he's a little guy, but uh, he, he doesn't have a problem uh, getting into a bag. He really enjoys it.
1: Well, that's good. Well, we designed our food, um, and first of all, it's my wife and my charity. We we don't take any salary from this. Um, oh, wow. We, we designed this to help dogs live longer and healthier, and our food is Gentle Giants. Uh, it's available in Target stores and Walmart stores, and then online it's available, Target.com, Walmart.com, Petco.com, Petsmart.com, Chewy.com. So it, it, it's available, even tractorsupply.com. So it's available everywhere. And, uh, but the key thing is, is that what we've been able to do by using the very best ingredients and the best technology is to give dogs an opportunity to live incredibly long, healthy lives. Dogs eating our Gentle Giants dog food and following our feeding and care program are living up to 27 and a half years, wow. running around like puppies in their mid-20s. Now, this oh. is not just small dogs. This is all dogs that we have living into their 20s. And uh, we're very thrilled about it. We have a special way that we feed and care for dogs, uh, and, and uh, which I'd like to mention is available on our website, GeneralGiantsDogFood.com, if you want to read about it. You go uh-huh. to com. there's a menu on every page, and one of the menu items is special feeding and care program. And what that is, is it's quite a bit of material to read, but it took my wife and I 25 years of our life to learn what you can read and learn in less than 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so, incredibly powerful, and it's what we do here. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, Josh, but we have – always have a minimum of 50 dogs in our house. Wow. And we feed 600 pounds a day of gentle giants here. Wow. And, and the dogs that we have here now uh, are, are dogs. Uh, we have so many that are living so long that we've actually become more of a sanctuary than a rescue. Uh, in other words, like right now, our youngest dogs are 14 years old. And wow. they go up to 25 years old. But these are giant breeds primarily. I and mean, we have some small breeds, but we have the giants. And we're talking about breeds like Mastiffs and Irish Wolfhounds that only live six to eight years, mm-hmm. uh, great Danes that live seven to nine years, and and our youngest dogs are 14. In other words, every, just about every dog we have here right now uh, has already lived more than twice their normal lifespan, Josh.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is
1: – and healthy. You know, uh, one of the things that people are spend so much money on is veterinarian bills. And our dogs are so healthy here that the only time they go to a veterinarian is every three years for a $10 rabies update. Mm-hmm. So wow. if you feed gentle giants to your dogs, uh, we can explain to people that your dogs can be as healthy as ours. And you can save a small fortune on veterinary bills.
0: Yeah, that's that's a that's a plus because you know, uh, as of right now, they don't have uh, at least where I live insurance for dogs, so it's it's usually quite a hefty bill if you've got to take them more than once or twice to get their shots a year.
1: Oh well, not just that, but what about if they get an illness? Yeah, and the thing is, is that our our food is so nutritious that if you know you feed our food, I I actually. I'm not aware of any dog that has gotten uh, an illness other than, you know, like cancer or something really, you know, life-threatening where, you know, by but, – but having our food, they seem to be healthy all the time. I just – people that – they tell me all the time because they call and they say, you know, we're so thrilled. Like one guy called and he has a – or he had a German Shepherd. His, his dog just recently died but 23 years old. Wow. And he said he ran around like a puppy up until the day that, you know, he died. And and, and that is pretty amazing when the average dog only lives seven years. Now, yeah. smaller dogs like yours would, you know, live 12, 14 years. But to have a German Shepherd live 23 years, and yeah. he said up until the day he was gone. Dog was healthy, you know, and they, what they, you normally say is that when they lose them, They go to sleep and they just don't wake up. And, you know, if you got to go, that's got to be the best way to go.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. You know, where you don't have to put them down or they're suffering at all. But yeah, that's what, that's what amazed me. And, you know, you were talking about your website and then I was looking at it and, and, uh, you know, all those dogs in your bed with you, I was like, well, how do you have room to move? And, and like you said, you, you keep them all. So that's so impressive. I mean, that's, that's, these are big dogs. I mean, it's like, they're almost like the small cattle, I would say.
1: Well, yeah. Well, let me tell you how big. We have uh, We have some that are what they call giant breed dogs. So, mm-hmm. like, we have one dog. His name is Sammy. He stands up on his hind legs, okay? He's seven feet, five inches tall. Wow. Four inches taller than Shaquille O'Neal, the basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and weighs two hundred and eighty-five pounds.
2: We Shoot. used to
1: have the largest dog in the world. His, that, that largest dog was named Avalanche. I mean, and he was like an avalanche. Let me tell you, he was also seven foot five, but he weighed three hundred and five pounds.
0: Wow, that's impressive.
1: And and let me tell you what's so great about Avalanche. He if you're sitting down, he loves to sit in your lap. He would come over and you'd be petting the dog and so quickly you wouldn't even know it happened. All of a sudden, 305 pounds in your lap and no one, no one ever was able to get up once he sat in your lap. I'd have to get him to get off.
0: <laughs>
1: Nobody, you live for your sitting and have 305 pounds in your lap, impossible to get off. But he just loved people so much, just such a loving animal. And that's another thing. Our dogs, and in fact, listen here, what do you hear behind me? Do you hear anything? I do, yeah. Yeah, but but, no, but listen, you don't hear anything, and I got 20 in this room with me. Really? They don't make a sound. They're all trained not to bark unless they sense danger. So wow. our house is so quiet, and it's so funny because when we would do our adoptions, uh, people would come here, and they'd say, well, we're looking for the rescue. Well, this is Gentle Giants. they really? Well, we don't see any dogs. Oh, well, they're all in our house. And then they'd pause for a minute and they'd listen and hear nothing. They say, Well, we don't hear anything. I mean, you can't really have all these dogs in your house. I mean, we don't hear a sound, zero. And yeah. only when we actually would bring them out would people say, I can't believe it. There really aren't in your house. In other <laughs> words, nobody knows that, you know, because they're so quiet. And the reason they're quiet is they're content. <laughs> and they're happy, and they not only love us, but they love each other. So we're expert trainers, and we bring out the best in dogs. And, uh, you know, it's something It's so funny, because people say, well, you know, you you played Robin on Batman. What's that got to do with dogs? I say, well, it has everything. Think of it this way. In Gotham City, we were saving the citizens of Gotham, right? Well, now uh, I'm saving the dogs. I say, you know, it's kind of like I like to say that I was the caped crusader,
0: and now I am the canine crusader. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, uh, well, that brings up another question. Uh, so, do they go to the restroom outside, or they, they are they are all these dogs house trained? Every single one. Wow.
1: Every. one. We don't have any accidents in the house.
2: None. That's zero. True. That's so impressive. And,
1: and they're very clean. You know, we of course we we bathe them and stuff like that but they're very clean. We have, um, we, we have sprayed our property with uh, special stuff so that we don't have any ticks, we don't have any fleas. In other words, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's an environment that they're very healthy. Our dogs aren't scratching, they aren't itching, they don't have hot spots, they don't have allergies. Our food, Gentle Giants, is hypoallergenic so that we don't have those issues. And we now have, in addition to our chicken feasts, We have uh, real beef with real bacon, and we have a salmon, wild-caught salmon from Alaska recipe, Uh, and and everything is so healthy that the dogs just do well, and because we feed them, uh, you see, a part of our feeding program, one of the reasons our dogs live so long is that we feed them smaller, more frequent meals. Uh, Most people only feed their dogs once, twice, or three times a day at the most. We feed every dog here a minimum of five or more times a day, but smaller meals. So, for example, um, it, whatever you would feed your dog, let's say you were feeding a dog twice a day, okay, and the average-sized dog, you know, like a retriever or shepherd or something like that, they mm-hmm. would get about two-and-a-half cups twice a day, which is like five cups of food total in a 24-hour period. So instead of two-and-a-half cups twice a day, we would feed one cup five times a day. So it's the same amount, but it's spread over smaller, more frequent meals. And what that does is allows the dog to have less digestive energy that's expended instead of having a big meal on their stomach. Kind of like, you know, if you've ever gone out and gone to a buffet or eaten too much, you come home and you literally have to lie down to digest your food. Well, people... (laughs) People don't realize that if you only feed your dog once or twice a day, you are making that dog's body go through that massive digestive effort, and it shortens their life. You see, what happens with most dogs, um, Josh, is that by the time they're seven or eight years old – now, again, you have a small dog, so you can add three or four years to that. But with the average-sized dog, uh, by the time it's seven or eight years old, it starts to have a problem getting up it starts to have a problem walking, okay? And within a few years, it can't get up anymore. And at that point, when the dog starts pooping and peeing on itself, that's when people take it to the vet to be euthanized, put to sleep. And and it's so sad because even, even though they do that, the dog is mentally perfectly alert, okay? And the dog trusts you that you would never do anything to harm him And it's so sad. Well, so people say, well, I don't understand, Bert. My dog is, you know, his body is wearing out. How can your dogs run around like puppies in their mid-20s? And it's because we've taught dogs how to conserve energy. That's one of our secrets to longevity is they don't expend all of that energy. You know, it's kind of like remember on Batman. We had these hourglasses where like Catwoman or whatever would turn this, hourglass over in the sand would like be coming through this hourglass you know kind of like the sands of time are running out yep, well, sure. we, we compare that to a dog's energy life energy to be able to get up to walk, to run, to play just to be able to function and so what we do differently than what other people do is that everything we do with the dog is designed to minimize the wear and tear on their body and when you minimize that wear and tear, their bodies last longer. So that's why our dogs can run around like puppies, totally energetic in their mid-20s. And other people's dogs, by the time they're 8 or 9 and they've been, you know, for the, a year or two, they're, you know, getting hard, worse and worse, getting up, moving, their, their bodies fall apart. So mm-hmm. that is one of the differences. That's why we tell everybody the secret to longevity is three things. One, how you care for your dog. Two, how you feed your dog. And three, what you feed your dog. Well, Gentle Giants is the right food because it's different from every other dog food. It doesn't have all the fat inside the food. And if you feel our food with your fingers, you'll feel there's no grease on it. It's not greasy like other dog foods. And the yeah. reason other dog foods do that, Josh, they, put, they spray this grease on the outside to get the dogs to eat more. And if they dogs eat more, then you have to buy more dog food. It's, in my opinion, all about money. Whereas our attitude is we don't want the dogs to eat more. We want the dogs to live longer and healthier. So <laughs> dogs feeding gentle giants actually eat about a third less of our food. You don't even have to limit them once you train them to our special feeding care program. Our dogs self-regulate how much they eat. And they never overeat. They never gain too much weight. They're always healthy and happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I noticed, like you said, when I first opened the bag. First of all, I admired the bag because it had all the colorful pictures and everything on it and all the stories. But um, I did notice that when, when you know, I first uh, introduced Leo, my dog, to it. it is, it's very clean food. Like you said, you don't feel – it's not oily and it doesn't have uh, – like it's not – flaky like some food like right. it's like crusty like
1: right well everything in there is pure nutrition no fillers no no preservatives no chemicals everything in in our food is totally healthy for the dog and when you do that you honestly the, you know it's you when you put the right things together and you use the best you get the best results mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt, and it's and it's it's reasonably priced, and, and like I said, Leo's a fan, so um, uh, I ordered it online, but I did discover, like you said, it, it was at our local Walmart, so we've stocked up on it, and, and he seems to enjoy it. It's, it's a real great dog food, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to go through all this to, to provide it for dogs, because the last thing you want to do is... Is uh is lose your dog prematurely or earlier than you than you have to because you know like I'm sure you do the same like me I get attached to the little fellas and I want them to live as healthy and as long as I can. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm attached to fifty of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a minimum of fifty because we always yeah. have at least fifty in our house, and wow. that's how when you see we've rescued more than fifteen thousand five hundred mm. dogs in twenty six years. Every one of those fifteen thousand five hundred has lived in our house with us.
0: Wow, that's incredible, and that's that's uh, very very uh, honorable to to take care of dogs that otherwise wouldn't have a fighting chance. You know, because a lot of people uh, they see a big beautiful dog like that and they think you know like you described they're gonna they're gonna eat and tear up everything. And I just think it's impressive that you've got them all. You know, like you said, so trained because you don't hear them or anything. That's got to be. Some kind of world record. <laughs> well,
1: you know the thing is, is that when dogs are happy
0: and content, they they don't make noise. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, yeah, kind, of, kind of like wonderful. kind of like a baby. It, when a baby needs something, that's when it usually starts crying or whatever.
1: Exactly, you got it exactly right.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's amazing. I, I really, that's just that's awesome. And like I said, I'm a fan. And another thing you do that I want to give you credit for that I saw on your website, is that um, you get an option when you buy this food. Um, You you can get a can of food or you can get an autographed picture, which I've seen some uh, pictures of yours and uh, Mr. Adam West, and they are not inexpensive, and you're giving them away with buying the food. That's that's really, really generous in my opinion.
1: Well, we we, we love it. We love them so much.
0: Yeah. I just was really amazed. I thought – Wow, you get an autographed picture because, like I said, that's not exactly – I mean, you know, you, you find them online or, or at comic cons. I mean, you're going to be paying some good money to get them. And this – Well, uh, yeah, my
1: signature goes for $100. Sure. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, – but, but, no, you know, we – this is our charity. You have to understand this is all about the fact that we really love animals. We want them to live longer and healthier lives. And, you know, I'll tell you, people really love their dogs. And cats, and um, and by the way, uh, in at uh, uh, at the end of the month, we're coming out with our new cat food, which is absolutely wonderful as well. We have this wonderful cat food, and and it's so funny because, Josh, my my expertise as well as my wife's expertise is with dogs, but something really unique happened about a year ago that changed our lives, and I'll tell you what it is, is that. Last year, we lost two of our cats. They, they died. One of them was 31 years old. The other was 32 years old. That is an incredible length of life for the cats. You know what they were eating? What? Our dog food. <laughs> <laughs> now, now cats do need a, a little more protein. They do need a few things. But So what we did is that we had – regular cat food there, but they ate a little of it. They ate mainly almost all of what they ate was our dog food. So what we did is we took our dog food, the basis of it, because we know that cats love the taste of it, all right? And we came out now with our new cat food. So we're expecting to see tremendous results of cats living longer and healthier uh, on our Gentle Giants cat food, which will be out uh, next month, actually the month of uh, October.
0: All right, yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, like with you, I, I'm a dog fan, but I mean that's 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 great to have it for cats as well because that that would be something I know people would be inquiring about, to, you know, if they have stuff for cats because uh, both ends of the spectrum people love their pets. So,
1: absolutely,
0: yeah. Well, um, I appreciate you giving me all this information for National uh, Dog Day, and uh, you know, uh, kudos to you for what you're doing. I'm a fan, and as long as I have a dog, I'll be buying your products uh, from here on out. But I uh, had a couple of questions, of course, about Batman and Robin. Absolutely. Anything you'd like to ask. Yeah, just uh, uh, first and foremost, 80 years of the boy wonder. And I'll, the only one I ever think of is you when I think about Robin. What, what are you doing to celebrate even though in these trying times? Do you have anything going on? Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, um, I'm not
1: 80 years old, thank God. No, I'm <laughs> but, but, but But it's so funny. Uh, there is a fantastic new book coming out from d c comics uh it 's called robin eighty years of of the boy wonder i don 't know if you know knew about it i mean it 's funny that you mentioned that, but this this is one of these incredible coffee table type books where it 's just you know just like you know three four hundred pages or something like that and just absolutely beautiful. I don't know if you see last year. They, they had a Batman one where Batman, you know, what 80 years of Batman. And the year before that, they had 80 years of Superman.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: But this one is coming out from DC comics. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, uh, it'll be out. In fact, it's supposed to be out now between now and the 15th of
2: September.
1: And, uh, I suggest that uh, anybody that is a Batman fan pick up a copy of it, and they may find an
0: inter- interesting su- surprise inside that beautiful book. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely – as you mentioned that, I circled it in my notes here. I'll be looking at that uh, when we get finished speaking. Um, uh, but that's just incredible. Yeah, um, you know, looking looking back, and I've I've been a fan of both for so long, well – uh, another question is, of course, with Robert Pattinson playing the new Batman, um, my question was do you like him as the Cape Crusader? And do you think Robin will be in any of the current movies? Because it seems like every two or three years they're making another Batman saga.
1: Yes. But, you know, I'll tell you um, the actors that they've hired to play Batman are, are great actors. I mean, every one is great. But in my mind, there's really only one Batman, and yes. that's Adam West.
0: And, yeah, sure.
1: uh, it, you know, it's so amazing. Adam and I brought the, these characters to life. The comic books were from the 30s. And um, the, uh, you know, when we came out with our television series, it it really was so changing of everything, you know. And it, it took all the color and the zaps and the POWs and the Batmobile and the, you know, that theme music, da na da 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 You know, it was like... It was such a monster hit. And I'll tell you something. Think of it, you might think of it this way. Because of our series, Batman, it made superheroes super interesting to people, right? And look how many superhero movies you see now all the time. And one of the things that we did in Batman that we introduced that was never in, in filmmaking before, I'll tell you a little secret, was that during the most tense moments, Adam and I, as Batman and Robin, would turn to each other and have some comment, you know, uh, something that's comedic, that's funny, right in the middle of the greatest danger. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now you – and I'll give you an example of that. So I remember there was a scene where um, Batman and Robin are, are in this warehouse, and all of a sudden Joker's henchmen show up, okay, and there's a whole bunch of them. And and all of a sudden, we're confronted by them, and these guys are really ready to do harm to us, okay? Uh-huh. And I turned to Batman and said, gosh, Batman, there's eight of them against two of us. Odds in our favor. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it's that kind of humor. Well, if you look at now, think of all these movies, all these superhero movies, even the ones that aren't superhero movies, movies like uh, Bad Boys and ones like – all of these movies, you know? Where they yep. have, you know, something really dangerous, really just threatening, and then all of a sudden there's a little comic relief,
0: you know, they yep. call it,
1: where there's some funny things that they'll say, and it just people love it. But yep. we introduced it. It was Adam and I that created that, you know, in in
0: entertainment. Yeah, no, I agree, and it was so colorful and it was so wonderful. You were bringing up like comic relief. I was just thinking, uh, I just happened to watch the other day uh, uh, the episode where uh, you two were in the stamp factory. Um, I, obviously, uh, Green Hornet and Kato were a part of that, but um, pausing in the middle of it, and Batman reaches in the back of his utility belt and just happens to have a thermos to put the soup in. I was just, it just made me laugh because I'm thinking, of all the stuff in your belt, you've got a soup, a soup thermos in there.
1: Exactly. And it's that kind of. And, and you know, at the time, people – it was so funny because Batman appealed to every age, Josh. You know, yes. for kids, it was hero worship. Oh, my gosh. Every kid at that age, you know, anywhere from three or four years old up to 14 or 15 years old, I mean, they just went crazy. They, it was superhero worship. You know what I yes. mean? I mean, every kid wanted to be like Batman and Robin. and And then – the, then for adults, it was the nostalgia of the comic book. You know, they all had remembered reading the comic book, and now, you know, you you know it was brought to life. And then there was a third audience, which was the at the time the hardest audience to get, and that was the teenagers and college kids. And in those days, okay, in the '60s, it was a period when nobody wanted to be inside watching television. They all wanted to be outside. You know, like at uh, you know, festivals or you know, dry, cruising around. You know, drive-in on a Friday night. I mean, it was all. You know what I mean? That kind of a, kind of a world. And yet, Batman was so popular with teenagers and college kids uh, that, like, I was told by so many people that on a on a on a Tuesday and Thursday night, you had to get into the uh, at, at the colleges wherever they were holding they had they had their televisions. You had to get in there like an hour and a half early just to get a seat. people wanted to, waiting to see Batman. And, yeah. and one of the reasons why, why the college kids and the teenagers uh, liked it so much is that the double meanings and the very suggestive things we said. You see, for kids, I mean, Batman was written funny, okay, but we played it straight. So for kids, it was very serious, you know, hero worship. For the yeah. adults, it was that again the nostalgia of oh, you know, here bringing a comic book to life. But for the teenagers and the college kids, man, they just the campy style of saying one thing. I mean, just I mean, in those days, nobody would ever agree with their parents, Okay, and and although Dick Grayson was the ward, <laughs> funny with my name Ward, but the ward of the court <laughs> with yeah. with uh, Bruce Wayne. Okay. Nobody in that period of time would say, "Gosh, Dad, you're right." No, I mean, you would you'd rather be killed than say something like that. <laughs> sure. So when I would have these lines to Bruce, "Gosh, Bruce, you're right." I mean, they these kids, these college kids, were like torn up laughing so hard because it was just so straight. It was just so follow the straight and narrow. Oh, oh and it was so funny because. Uh, you know, uh, every mother wanted their daughter to date somebody who was like Robin, just all American, everything good, nothing bad, kind of deal. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. a it was a it was an amazing world then, and Batman just w- m- it made the most of the times that we were in.
0: Yeah, it it was it was good, decent, clean, fun, and and two things that always appealed to me, even to this day at thirty eight years old. Is that you? Your show also, to me, invented the cliffhanger. You would leave on a like, stay tuned tomorrow, right? You know, which, like like we live in today, where like I can just buy them all off Amazon or stream them, and I don't have to wait. But I I couldn't imagine what I did as a kid. But like you know, the first run of it, thinking, oh my gosh, we have to wait twenty four hours to find out what happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it was it was it was amazing, and 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 so many kids were so obsessed. That they thought something really bad was going to happen happen to us, you know what I mean? Yes. And then, you know, it's, uh, and then we, of course, would um, get out of these things in some of the most unusual ways. You know, um, we, uh, you know, we were we we found that all kinds of things that I mean, one time our batcopter was shot down, and thank goodness we accidentally landed on a uh, on an outside display of a mattress factory where <laughs> we landed yeah. in the mattresses. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Everybody thought, oh, my God, that's it. Their helicopter is going down, the Batcopter, you know. But sure enough, we'd landed in, uh, on these mattresses. So, it was, I mean, it was so much fun. And it was tongue-in-cheek and campy style. And, and uh, we used to say that we put on our tights to
0: put on the world. Yes, yeah. it, it, It's one of the greatest things ever. And, and still to this day, I can love it. And... Um, There are so many people I've noticed in my lifetime, including myself, even whether you're thinking about Batman or or not. You know how many times I go through my life going, you know, holy text message, Batman, or holy whatever, Batman. You know, people people say holy
1: this or holy that, you know, and they don't even realize that they got it from our show.
0: Yeah, and it's just – it's going to be forever. It's going to be timeless because I've been thinking of times even where I wasn't even thinking about Batman. I would just go, you know. Holy whatever, Batman! You know, just talking, you know, just to whoever, Batman. and it's just that's how important it, and an impact it made on this. Oh, this and, and look at all the
1: merchandise out there—from Batmobiles and toys for kids to T-shirts and clothing for, you know, all ages. Uh, there's just yeah. so much Batman merchandise. It was the it was the greatest amount of licensed merchandise in the world. But, you know, there's more of that sold than even Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or Superman. I mean, Batman has been the most successful uh, merchandise in in history. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just it was just a great thing, you know, just getting to talk to you. I I light up and forget that I'm an adult because it it meant so much to so many people. It's just truly one of the greatest things uh, that we'll ever have as far as America. And and we need it now more than ever. I'm sure people would just watch more of it, they'd probably be more at ease than we are in this country right now.
1: (laughs) Oh, Because our country, as you know, is just so divided and there's so much stress and, you know, and, and it's, uh, I'll tell you, uh, our show made everybody happy, everybody. And, you know, even though there was violence, there was never real violence. Nobody ever really got hurt. You know, you know, they, they, we'd have these fight scenes and, you know, tables would get broken on down and, Chairs hit over people's heads, and, you know, you get knocked down, but then they're right up fighting again, you know. It just, oh, I mean, it was so clean and wholesome, you know, and uh, that it just, everybody loved it. And yeah. and even today
0: in reruns, it's still shown all over the world in reruns. Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, like I said, watching those episodes, uh, and I, I heard this. I don't know if this is true or not, and I wanted to ask you, I wanted to touch back to the episodes I watched the other day. You were the first person that uh, fought against Bruce Lee on on camera, right? Right. We, when Bruce and I were actually friends. We lived in the same complex, and we used to spar
1: together. That's the practice fighting. He trained yeah, eight hours a day. I mean, yeah, because you're a black belt, right? You have a black yes, belt? Yes, yes, absolutely. In fact, uh, five years ago, I was inducted into the International Karate and Kickboxing Hall of Fame. So I was very honored by that. But Bruce Lee's first – Filmed fight scene of his career was fighting me on yes. Batman, and uh, you know it was. Uh, I mean, again, and it had to be done in the Batman style where nobody really got hurt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but uh, yeah, and and I knew him, and you know it was uh, I, I remember at the time, you know, he and his wife Linda had a son. Okay, and uh, they uh, we would go down to Chinatown. To have dinner in, in Los Angeles, uh, Bruce had lived in Hong Kong for 10 years and knew all the most uh, authentic foods and stuff like that. So we would, you know, we'd go down there to Chinatown, have a good time. It was, but, but let me tell you something. He was an amazing martial artist. He, everything he did was real. There was nothing staged, if you know what I'm saying. This, mm-hmm. He was really, oh my gosh. I mean, can you imagine training eight hours every single day? He trained eight hours
0: a day. I, I really I couldn't imagine I couldn't even imagine when I was young and vibrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah, but you you know you were no slouch yourself. I watched a couple of your test runs. You know, where you and that gentleman, and you were throwing him around and doing your flips right. and everything. So,
1: oh yeah, well, my whole life I've been into athletics very much. So I, when I was in high school, I was on the wrestling team, the track team, the uh, golf team. I played first board on the chess team. You know, we had you know, which is a very challenging mentally, chess, and sure. so no, I I was very into it, and uh, I, I love the I loved, of course, the fight scenes, and on Batman. Now I did have a stuntman, man, okay, but they it's so weird because they had a policy on Batman: if there's ever anything really dangerous, always use Bert.
2: <laughs> which,
1: <laughs> and 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 I couldn't figure out why, and the problem was is that they couldn't find a person who was a stuntman who looked like me.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: the only thing they could ever use a stuntman for would be the long-distance shots where it's really far away where you wouldn't be able to tell it was me or somebody else. But my, I had the, just the nicest guy is a stuntman, but he had a gigantic nose. And I don't have a gigantic nose. <laughs> so all of this stuff, and, and, and so I got the really dangerous, you know, things to do. Which, believe me, I was in and out of the emergency hospital a whole bunch of times. It was just a really dangerous show to make, but it was also fun at the same time.
0: Yeah, because you, how you when it was started, you were you were still a teenager, weren't you? Yeah, I was twenty years old actually when wow. I got,
1: and then when I turned twenty-one uh, after we had been filming for about six months.
0: That's amazing. And at that time, you were the most popular twenty twenty-one-year-old person in the world I bet
1: (laughs) but it seemed like that but you know you you don't you don't really get to get all the glamour you think it is when you're in on a on an ice cold sound stage (laughs) 14 hours a day five days a week and the uh, and here I am 20 and 21 years old and the closest person to my age was Adam who was 37 years old and everybody (laughs) else in the crew were like in their 50s because they always had you know the best cameramen and the best lighting people and these pros were the ones that they used. So for me, I, I you know didn't get a chance to spend too much of my childhood so to speak, uh, because I was inside filming all the time.
0: Yeah, and uh yeah you know, people don't stop to think about all it went through to do that and uh that's just amazing. Uh, you know, uh, and it's just it's wild. And then you, you turned out to be a, uh, a, a uh, seems to be a good statured human, considering a lot of these young uh, adult actors who kind of fall by the wayside, unfortunately.
1: Well, there's you know there's all kinds of paths you can take. You know, some people get sadly get involved with uh,
0: drugs and
1: and other kinds of stuff. Uh, I never, I don't, I was actually lived a very kind of clean life. My neither my wife nor I have ever drank. We've never taken drugs. I mean, we just uh, are, you know, we're we're very health oriented. You know, we realize that, you know, we're on this planet only a very short period of time, and we believe that you really got to take care of yourself because otherwise, uh, you know, your body can be easily harmed. And, uh, you know, and, and you look at, I mean, so many other actors that, you know, were taking drugs or drinking or whatever, and they age so much faster whereas I never did any of that and I only tried to do things that were healthy try to make sure that you know I never smoked I mean nothing out of that stuff then and, and it, there as a result I've been very fortunate in having very good health
0: yeah well when uh, when ever you do go on to the other side which is I know to be many years from now you can you can absolutely say you used every talent you had to the max and, and for good, that's for sure, because you've, you've created a lot of joy, not just for humans, but animals as well, so kudos to you for that. My hat's off to you. Well, thank you. That, that's very kind.
1: Yeah, this is our charity, Our you know, rescuing animals, and we've, besides dogs, we've also rescued probably 500 cats. We've wow. rescued horses. We've rescued pigs and goats and sheep, and I mean... You know, we we if you save a life, you save you know every life is
0: precious. Sure, I agree. I agree with you one hundred percent, and that's awesome. And uh, this website, you dot com, covers it all. Like you said, all of the uh, information you need to know, people can just go there. Correct.
1: Absolutely, and not only that, there's a lot of great videos on there. There, you yeah. know, I was on the a show called Ellen with Ellen DeGeneres. Sure. I was on Inside Edition. Uh, so many different TV shows that have come out here to film uh, yeah. because they find it amazing that our dogs are living two and three times their normal lifespan. Yeah,
0: that's impressive. Not to mention you're on Nashville's very own uh, Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast now. <laughs> there you go. Now I've reached a new height in success. Yeah. You have reached the pinnacle. Well, uh, Mr. Ward, thank you, and I look forward to shaking your hand if uh, the world opens back up and you're in Nashville for a Comic-Con.
1: You bet, my friend, and you Um, take care, and thank you so much for this wonderful interview.
0: Sure. Thank you, sir. And may I have one more question I wanted to ask you? Sure. I know a young lady that adores you. She's 22 years old. Her name is Katie. While I've got this recorded, could you just say something to her so I can record it and send it to her? Okay. Um,
1: Whenever you're ready. Here we go. All right. Holy Batman. Hi, Katie. This is Burt Ward, Robin, the boy wonder, wishing you all the very best and sending you my love to the Batmobile.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. You, you're one in a million, and it was an honor, and I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Well, wonderful. Thanks a lot, and we'll do it again sometime.
0: Yeah, we'll catch you soon. All right, have a good rest of your uh, evening, and have a good Labor Day. Thank you, sir. Take care. All right, all right bye. Bye-bye now. <laughs> We bravely made it to the end of another episode of the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Special thanks to my guests, Ryland Steen and Burt Ward. Most importantly, thank you for listening. Without you, there is no podcast. and I really appreciate it. Hope you have an awesome week, a fantastic Labor Day. And remember, I love you for you and where you're at in life. Stay tuned next week as we'll have another awesome episode with really interesting guests and yours truly, Leading the Helm. For Josh Belcher Uncharted, I'm Josh. We'll see you later. All right, bye.